turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12, if you would, and we're going to be in around the fourth verse down through uh, about the ninth verse, if we get there, tenth verse, okay? I'm just going to read a few of them. And verse four, it says, you have not yet resisted to uh, the point of shedding blood in your striving against sin. And you have forgotten the exhortation which is addressed to you as sons. Listen to what he says. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you are reproved by him. For those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, and he scourges every son whom he receives. For it is for discipline that you endure God's it is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? But if you are without discipline of all which have become partakers, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Furthermore, we had earthly fathers to discipline us, and we respected them. Shall we not much rather be subject, subjected to the Father? of the spirit and live for they discipline us for a short time as it seems best to them but he god disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness and this father's day and so you know i I just got this message together and and i look at the condition of the united states of america i look at the condition of europe it used to be that if you wanted to know what the united states was going to look like in 25 years then look at europe because we, for some reason, always follow the trend of Europe. But now it's very speedy, and now it's, it's global. And there is uh, anarchy everywhere. There's nothing right, there's nothing wrong. There's, you know, do, do what you want to do. Boy, the devil loves that one, doesn't he? But, but do what you want to do. But the writer of Hebrews here has taken us from, he's, he, he takes us on a trip. And he, first of all, in, verse, in chapters 1 and 2, he's going to establish who Jesus Christ is. And then he's going to show the faith of Abraham. And then he's going to show a high priest who is, who, whose name is Melchizedek. And he's going to go through that. And then he's going to get into chapter 11. And he's going to show us then the heroes of faith and these people who stood their ground against the enemy and against the things that were not right. And how that they all died in the faith and how the enemy had just seemed to play havoc with them. But God brought victory in their life because they had faith. And then we get into chapter 12 and he kind of really changes the subject a little bit because the, the, the uh, 11th chapter, 39 and 40, is one of the greatest conclusions to a chapter that's ever been written in the Bible of Hebrews 11, 39 and 40. It's a great conclusion. And now what we're going to do in Hebrews is we're going to kind of change the, the story just a little bit because he's saying, this is what I want you to know about Jesus. This is what I want you to know about who he is, what his ministry is. And then he says in, in uh, Hebrews chapter 12, he said, now I'm going to show you how to get there. How many of you know you, you, need, you need to be shown how to get there? And we have, we have a country that's nothing right. And I think, I think that Pastor Hardy said it best last night when he said this. He said, we don't know what to believe. He said, we, we don't know that there was a true election. He said, you can't believe the media. He just goes down through the, he said, we don't know what to believe anymore. How many of you know that's true? We, we don't know what to believe. And it doesn't make any difference what background you are. It doesn't make any difference if you're a Democrat or Republican. It doesn't make any difference if you're a conservative or if you're a liberal. It makes no difference. It, listen, we don't know what's going on. 
And, and, and you know, uh, we, we look at COVID, and that was a bad deal. And, and I don't care what you say, it was very real. COVID was real. But it wasn't like they brought it out. Because there was so much money involved in it. And there, there's so much corruption that's involved in everything. And, and I know you're probably not going to speak about, or you shouldn't speak about anybody, if you're politically correct. But I'm not. So I don't know why people listen to Dr. Fauci. He's a little idiot on TV that's trying to, and I said that. They're probably going to shut me now off of Facebook and YouTube. Yeah, they're probably, but that's the truth. And, and so because everything is taking place the way it is, we don't know where we're at. If you discipline your children now, you get in trouble by the law. See, what people don't understand about that, that's what Hitler set up, and that's what communism set up. That's what socialism goes into Marxism, and then Marxism goes into communism. And the first thing they did said, you can't touch your children. Because they understand something. Here's what they understand. They understand that discipline brings a child into obedience. And obedience brings that child into maturity. And that obedience and that maturity then is what will establish your nation. And it will establish your church. Now, I find no fault, and you're going to be upset with me on this. I find no fault in the world. None. The world is the world. They're lost. And they have no light. Because Jesus is the light. And you want to blame things on the world? Blame it on the world. But if I'm going to put any blame on anything, I'm going to put it back to, now, now listen to how I say it, the religious church. Did you get a hold of that? I'm not talking about the true church of the living God. I'm talking about the religious church, and religion is man working his way to God. And then when he works his way to God, he realizes that there is no God, because if there was, he couldn't have worked his way there. Does that make sense to anybody? And so then he starts his own religion, which is humanism. And humanism is a religion that you have to have faith in. And that humanism is that everybody's their own God. And then secularism, or let the things of the world come in, and here's what it does. Then humanism comes in, secularism comes in to our churches, and then we get behind the pulpit, and we start to preach something that's not true. Because I want to please every one of you. And so I know that if I don't please every one of you, then I'm not going to get as much money in the offering plate. It's true. So we have done those things. And in the process, we have allowed the enemy to overcome everything that the church is doing because the church has no strength to rise up against it. And the only strength that you're going to have is this word right here. And so repentance or revival will come when the church starts to repent. And it will only come when the church starts to repent, not when the world starts to repent, because the world needs to come to the Lord as Savior. 
Everybody get a hold of that? But it's when the church who calls themselves saved start to get away from this word right here, then you have to repent. And so what Joel says, he says this. He says that when repentance comes, that's going to bring revival like we've never seen before. He said it's going to happen here before it happens here. It's going to happen with the, the ministers. It's going to happen with the pastors, the apostles, and the prophets. We have false prophets everywhere, all over the place, speaking and saying, Thus saith the Lord, when it's not thus saith the Lord. And so it's the church. Now, I'm going to step into a place, a category, and, and if you walk out on me, you know, don't throw nothing at me. That, don't do that. If you walk out on me, walk out backward. Then I think you're coming in. All right, here we go. So we're going to start with that fifth chapter. A father who loves his children. Watch this, the fifth, the fifth verse. And you have forgotten the exhortation which is addressed to you, my sons. My son, do not, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord nor faint when you are reproved by him. For those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, and he scourges, that's whips, every son whom he receives. For it is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? Now, I was strict father, and I probably was too strict in some ways. And somebody says, if you could go back, would you change anything? Uh, no. I had to learn. Okay, you didn't get it. Oldest son gets it. You got to learn, right? You got to learn on somebody. Learn on your oldest kid. Beat up your oldest kid, and then the other kids get it. Get away. Oh, come on, people. This is not a Methodist church. Okay, get be hard on your. How many of you were harder on your older? Okay, thank you. We got a few. The rest of you lied. Okay, here we go. But, but the thing of it is, is that you have children, and you don't know how to raise children many times. So what you do is you raise your children like your parents raised you. Now, one of the problems that you have is that Larry there had my baggage, and he had his mom's baggage, and now he's got his own. I didn't say you his baggage, Aaron. That come out wrong. I'm in trouble. But you understand what I'm saying? And so then it's going to develop different personalities. It's going to de develop different characteristics. And let me ask you a question. How can you have two kids and they come out opposite? Huh? It's what? Okay, she's answering the question. That is a question I didn't need an answer to. Okay, here we go. She said it's different genes. Oh, G-E. Any, yeah, okay. But how come they're different? They're different because God made them different. Now, everyone in here has a temperament. Okay, yeah, I'll have temperaments. And that temperament was given to you by God. And by the way, that temperament cannot be changed. Your personality, you can change that. Because if you mean, you can get nice. Okay, your character, you can even change that. But your temperament, you're not going to change. Now, I, I'm, I'm a type A. Is anybody else in here a type A? You're a type A? 
me and you, me, three of us. Boy, you know, this church is neat. You all need to come to the altar today. And at the end, we're going to have a great confession. And if we keep going, we're bringing a priest in. All right. But, but temperament. I'm a type A. And type A's are like Hitler. You, you didn't get that, did you? All you that raise your hands say, I'm like Hitler. See, Hitler wasn't a bad man when he started off. He was a type A, and God made him. Now, if you, if you take Hitler's temperament and you put it in a computer along with Paul the Apostle, identical. Identical. Hitler never, ever comes to know Jesus Christ personally as his Savior. So he continues to be a murderer and a tyrant. But Paul the Apostle has a Damascus Road experience. And when he has this, then that same uh, temperament that once persecuted the church of God is now blessing and lifting up the church of God. And the temperament is still the same. Because now he has zeal for the Lord as he had zeal for the traditions of his ancestors. He was a Pharisee of Pharisee. He was a, a ruler. He was Hebrew. He was, he was uh, circumcised on the eighth day of the tribe of Benjamin. He knew his pedigree. And when he told his pedigree, he said, this is what I am. But listen to what he said. And I said under the feet of Gamaliel. He said, I said under the feet of the best. But listen to what he didn't say. He never said that he was zealous for the things of Jehovah. He said, I was zealous for the, the traditions of my ancestors. And what was that? That was to kill anybody that had the name of Jesus Christ or stifle it. And so when he has this Damascus Road experience, then he changes how he sees things. But he never changed his temperament. So I have a type A temperament, but my son doesn't have a type A. Oh, he does? He, they're having a discussion. <laughs> and Harold, where's Harold? Harold has the most type A that I've ever seen. And Noah's going to turn out to be one of his best, a, a real man of God, because he don't have that type A. But here's what happens. Is type A's and different ones don't want discipline. And hate discipline. And then you have type B. And they're the kind that just lays back, right? And they're the kind that goes along with everything, but hating you all the time they're doing it. That's him. I'm, I'm people. Listen, don't. She's pointing at her husband. She said, "That's him." <laughs> Lift your head up. Okay. I'm, I'm meddling here today. Okay, but but that's what happens, and that's who we are. It's our temperament, and it causes us grief. And so my temperament said, "Strict, strict, strict." My dad was strict with me, 
And, and the deal with my dad was my dad loved the Lord. There's no doubt my dad loved the Lord. He was, he, he was a minister himself, but he was absent. And when I say he was absent, he was in the home, but he was absent from the family because his interests were other places and not with the family. So I'm a minister, so I made my kids go with me. And they got stories they can tell. And Larry, Larry can start telling those stories. I even took you sometimes, didn't Harold? <laughs> He's saying that like he doesn't like it, okay? But here's what I'm saying. I'm saying, th this is who I am. And so I discipline my children. And some people said, you're too hard on your children. And I'm, I think I might have been. But would I go back? The answer is no. I wouldn't go back. And the reason why I wouldn't go back is because I still wouldn't know how to, how to raise them. I'd still have to experience them. Lauren McCall, she was 54 years old, and they asked her, said, would you like to be 16 again? She said, only if I could take my 54-year-old brain with me. Boy, isn't that true? Only if I could take my 54-year-old brain with me. Now, listen to what I'm saying. Listen, do you know that God is a type A? Did you get that? Now, let me see. If you're type A, raise your hand again. Boy, got more hands that time. Wonder how come that was. God is a type A. Now, if you're type B, wait, wait, raise your hand. See, God is a type B too, okay? Because what God is, he's a loving father, and as a loving father, here's what he's going to do. He's going to train your temperament, and he's going to train my temperament. And if I don't allow him to train me, then I, going, and, and I've, I've been in a lot of trouble, okay, in my past, because it was hard to train my temperament and listen understand something god says if you allow me to train you then i am going to bring you into maturity as we are sons the mature son of god and so then therefore this temperament has to say okay god i am yours i need for you to train me listen to what he said the first thing i'm going to do is discipline you and that's what fathers do and I bet I get a big amen if we, if we wasn't in a Methodist church. I bet I would get me a big amen from all the older people that would say it was harder to raise your adult children than your little children. How about your older kids? Would you, just, you know what my dad said one time? We had a guy in our church just kept messing up. And he just kept going to the altar. He get up and mess again. And my dad said, bring a gun. And I said, why? And he said, next time he goes to altar, shoot him after he gets saved. <laughs> <You know? laughs> okay, we just shoot him. Then we know he's going to heaven. Okay? But, but what, <laughs> what God is, well, you heard that one. But what God, what God is doing, he's disciplining us. Now watch this. We have stopped disciplining our children. And our children have no reference. And they have no idea where to go when they are in trouble. And listen, children get in trouble. 
Did you ever understand and look at the wildlife, how they can produce a little, little whatever they are? And we're going to have you on the back row next Sunday. <laughs> ever, ever have, they, they have their little kittens or dogs or whatever it is, and they don't need no time. They raise them quick, boom, they're out there because they, you know. But did you ever notice God didn't make us like wildlife? You, you, you know, you know, he give us a mother and a father. And the reason why he give us a mother and a father is because he wants us raised in the nurture and the admonition of Jesus Christ. So Lyndon Johnson, we're going to go back to this. When he takes the office, he gets this welfare thing going, right? And some of you might be on that COVID thing. Get off of it. Get a job. I'm in trouble. Get a job. You know what? The other day, there's a young man standing at the red light. A young man. I bet he wasn't more than 22, 23 years old. Dressed pretty good, wasn't he? And he had a sign. Homeless or whatever. Need, need money. And my wife, you're going to give to him? And I said, you know, I really don't feel like to give that guy. And she said, why? And I said, because Denny's over there is hiring. All he had to do is walk across the street and say, hey, can you give me a job? It's clean as he was. They give him a job. Right? Okay, watch this. We have no disciplines. And we want everything given to us because we have broke down the moral value of the family. And when Johnson gets this welfare thing going, now listen to me, he does it because he's a racist. Johnson was a racist, and I know you don't believe that, but he was. And what he wanted was certain cultures removed, just like Hitler did. Because Hitler wanted the Jewish nation totally obliterated and gone. And so did Johnson. And so what he did was appease their side of where they were, were uh, uh, weak. And what it was, he said, we're going to give you this money, but you can't have the husband in your home or a father in your home. And so all of a sudden now, this money comes in. And do you know that people on welfare right now, if they get everything, it's about $60,000 a year. I'm ready to go on welfare. You guys don't pay me that much. Well, you can give me more then. Okay, that didn't go over very good. Okay, so anyway, $60,000. And so, but dad can't be in the home. Dad can't be in the home. Husband can't be in the home. But you can have as many girl, boyfriends as you want, and you can have babies as you want, and we're going to pay you for every one of them. Yeah. Said the woman one day, why, why, is your, why, why did you name everybody George? So when I want them to go to bed, I just say, George, go to bed, and they all go to bed. When I want them to get up, say, George, get up, and they all get up. She said, well, how do you tell them apart? She said, I call them by their last name. Oh, wow. Truth, people. It's truth. 
And what we have is that we have babies and we have fathers that are biological, but they are not in the home to raise those children and take care of those children. And a lot of those children have different fathers trying to live in the same home and have no reference and no responsibilities to understand what it is to be a man or let alone to be a father. Now, here's what the Lord said. The Lord said, I am your father, and I am going to discipline you, and you are not going to like it. That's what he says. He said, I'm going to discipline you, and guess what? I am going to scourge you, or I am going to whip you. Now, listen to what the Lord said. He said, if you don't allow me to do that, then you're not mine. And I will say that you are illegitimate. And here's my point. How many illegitimate churches do we have today? And yet we want God to do some things, but we don't, want God, we don't want to come back to the word of God. I know this is a hard word, but I'm going to preach it anyway. Fathers who love their children chasing their children. God allows things to work to our good. Romans 8, 28. But listen, they work to our good because we are trained to understand the ways of God. The Bible says if you will teach a child how to walk when he is old, he's going to come back to that. Did you get a hold of that? If you teach him sin, he's going to be in sin. But if you teach him the ways of the Lord, when he gets on his own and he thinks or she thinks they know everything, they're going to find out they don't and they're going to come back. That's why everybody in this church, anybody in this church ever leaves this church, I never get angry at them, and I always bless them. And the reason why I do it, I know they're coming back. And I want them to be able to come back to home. Does that make sense to anybody? But I'm not easy on nobody. Am I easy on anybody? Larry, am I easy on anybody? (laughs) He's not saying. He's scared to even talk. Harold. Am I all easy? (laughs) You didn't hear him, did you? He said, not all me. I remember one. I won't get into that. But anyway, whom the Lord loveth. Fathers love their children. God allows things to work to our good. Romans 8, 28. Because listen, we have taught our children the ways of the Lord. And when they get into some situations that are not good, they know that they can always come back to the Lord. They can always come back home. When we look at this, this story of the prodigal son, listen to me, people, that is not somebody getting saved. We, we look, he's coming back to get saved. He was already a son. And what he did was, is that he squandered his inheritance and he took off. But understand what that father did. That father received him. And when that father received him, he brought him home. Now, let me tell you why. You say, he didn't get disciplined. He absolutely got disciplined. He got disciplined in the pig pen. He got disciplined in the famine. And listen, he's down in that pig pen. And listen what this prodigal son says. He said, my, my dad's slaves have it better. Now, listen to what he said. He said, I'm going home. And he said, I'm going to say to my dad, I've sinned against you and I've sinned against heaven. 
And he's saying, because, listen, he said, I just want to come home. He said, I will live as a slave in my father's house because my father's house is a whole lot better than where I'm living right now. If you train your children in the ways of the Lord and you, listen to me, chasten them when they need to be chastened, love them when they need to be loved, listen, when they get in that pig pen of life, they will come home. Somebody say amen to that. Because they will come home. People will come home. People want to know about the Lord. All children have to learn how to live. Do you understand that? All children need to learn how to live. It's an amazing thing that what, what Paul says to Titus. He says to Titus in chapter 3, he said, Get a hold of some elder women who love the Lord. Elder didn't, doesn't mean white-headed. It means those who were seasoned in the grace of God. He said, get a hold of some elder women so that they can teach the younger women how to love their husbands and their children. And that love is a phileo love. It's not an agape love. And all that means, listen, all that means is, is mom, wife, you just have to be nice to your husband. And the men said, well, that was weak. We'll try it again. And the men said, Amen. a little bit better. You're afraid of your wife. And you won't, boom, okay. He's going, yeah, 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 I'm afraid of my wife. Okay, I am too. That's why I go like that. But I know, I know when I've said something that I shouldn't, I go, mm, then I start preaching to you guys. Forget all about them guys. But listen, he said, he's, Titus says, he says, and Paul says to Titus, he said, find you some women. Now, I'm going to use some of you as an illustration. Find your grandma Rosie. Yeah. She loved the Lord. And she taught her daughter how to love her husband and her children. She did. And what it was is called respect and being a friend. But God didn't say that to the man. The God said to the man, he said, you love your wives. He said, you love your wives. He said, as Christ loves the church and laid down his life for her. Understand this, men. If you have a tally sheet, throw it away. You don't need it. You know, I'll do this for you if you do this for me. God, that, that, you, do you know, understand that God hates that from men? Listen to what God said. God said, you love your wives, even if they don't love you. And you lay down your life for your wife, even if she won't lay her life down for you. How many of you understand that? Then he says this to the fathers. He says, and love your children, but chasten your children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord Jesus Christ, teaching them the things of God. Now, let me ask you a question. If that be the case, and there is no right or wrong today, and we don't even know now whether we're male or female. Come on, that's one of the most stupid things I've ever heard in my life. We don't even know now whether we're male or female. Well, I know what I am. I'm a type A male. <laughs> Pastor, you're a B, but that's okay. All right, but a type A male, I know what I am. 
Mm-hmm. A woman said, she, she, she was a social worker out at Missouri Western, you know, and she was the head of the social work department. And it, she was my friend before I made the statement. And, and she said, what would you do, Pastor Gray, if a husband just kept beating the wife? What would you tell the wife? I said, I'd tell her to get a frying pan, smack him in the face when he went to sleep. Oh, my goodness, she said. I say, you'll never do it again. Tell you that right now. Good, come around and boom, just flatten that guy. And I'm going to do it every time you do that to me. Oh, she'd quit that. He'd quit that in a heartbeat. But listen, what, what it is. Men do not know how to be fathers. Because they're not taught. They don't know how to be husbands because they're not taught. And they refuse the discipline and the chastening of the word of God. And we have messed the church up. Women do not know how to be wives. And do not know how to be mothers. Because they refuse the chastening that comes along with it. That says this is what you need to do. Boy, I'm really got your attention. Everybody's awake. I bet I only get two people saying, Pastor, that was a good message. Watch this one. We're in trouble. We're in trouble. Listen, but what's happening today is there are people in the church that are saying, no more. And we're starting to seek God like we've never sought God before. And somebody says to me, we're living in the last of the last days. And I say, I know we are. And they say, we're living in the last days before the coming of the Lord. I say, I know we are. And they say, we're living in the day of doom. And I say, no, we aren't. Because listen. It doesn't have to happen on my watch and it doesn't have to happen on your watch because we have a father in heaven who still hears our prayers and talks to us every day and we allow him to chasten us and mature us and when he does those things, he brings us blessing. For whom the Lord loveth, he disciplines. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. Listen, he does that. Why? Because he knew we was going to live in a world like we are living now. He knew that. If we do not allow God to discipline us, we are not his children. That's what it says. He says we're illegitimate children. This is a fundamental fact. That God will deal with every single person in this church about your manhood and about your womanhood. He's going to deal with you about your parental stand. And you've made a lot of mistakes and you know you have. Get it behind you. Get it behind you. You've made a lot of mistakes. Now here's the deal. Get it behind you. When Christ saved you and covered you by the blood of the Lamb, your sins were forgiven, are forgiven, and never to return to you again. Get it behind you. And when your, when your sins pass before you every day, that's because the devil accuses you of what you once were, not what you are now. 
And so now live for the Lord. Let that blood cleanse you and make you free. Who you once were, you are not today. Hey, pastor, I've made a lot of mistakes. I have too. No, I mean, pastor, I've made a lot of mistakes as a Christian. I have too. I've made a lot of mistakes. But I know this, if there's no discipline in my life, because I won't allow it, because of my Taipei personality, then I am not a legitimate child of the Lord. Because that's what he says. Fathers have been taken out of the family. Husbands have been taken out of the family. And the family now has been quieted because the structure has been torn all to pieces. When Eve sins in the garden, watch what happens. She is seduced by the devil. I, I like what, what Lonnie Hardy said last night. He said he started off as a snake and ends up as a dragon. It's truth if you read Revelation. But she starts off in, in, the, in the garden. And now she is being seduced by, by the devil. You all know the story. But I think one thing that we don't really remember is, is that Eve is here, the devil's there, and Adam's standing right beside her. Yeah. He's standing right beside her. And she quotes scripture wrong. Adam knows the right scripture, but doesn't correct her. You know why? Bone of my bone. For this woman, I'm going to leave my father and my... He didn't... He, he wasn't a man. Understand something. Here's what happened. You never heard this before. But the devil really didn't attack Eve. He attacked the manhood of Adam. Did y'all get that? Because Adam doesn't say a word. It is good because it's true. And he was at that time because the Lord said something to Adam. He said, Adam, put you in the garden and I want you to cultivate it. That means bring produce and I want you to keep it. That means guard it. Why does he have to guard uh, Eden? Because the devil's in there. And he has to stand. He's standing right there. And so what happens is, is the devil goes right after his wife. And Adam doesn't do anything. Listen to me. He give our manhood up right there. He give our fatherhood up right there. He give that office of who we are. And so now when, when they're banished from the garden, and by the way, God did that because he loved them. Not because he was punishing them, but he loved them. He banishes them from the Garden of Eden because if he doesn't, they're going to eat from the tree of life and they're going to be like him, live forever. They're going to eat from the tree of life and live in their sinful state forever. Who wants to live in their sinful state forever? So he banishes them from the garden. Now listen to what he says to Adam. He said, you're going to sweat and you're going to work and you're going to work hard. And there's going to be thistles in the land. You're going you're gonna to hurt yourself. You're going to have a callus over your head. You're going to have callus on your hands. He said, you're going to toil. And he looked at that woman and he said, now listen, here's what you're going to do. He said, you are going to bear children in pain. And he said, but your desire is going to be for your husband. And everybody looks at that as a sexual, this is not a sexual connotation. The desire is that she, he, she will desire his head. Read it. Go down there and 
Check that out. So from that day forward, that woman has desired the head of the man. It's still that way. And Isaiah said this. He said, there is a day coming which we live in now. Listen to what he said. He said, you will be run by women and your counselors will be children. Because the man has been removed. And I don't care about any of you men who, who domineer your wife. That's wrong. You stand on their neck so they're, nah, you're not their head in that way. They walk beside you. He takes a rib so that, that you become one and they walk beside you. They're your head in the fact when it comes to the spiritual uh, positions of God. God, man, woman. That's the way he made that. But the woman would desire. And guess what we did? We said, okay. And we let it go. And here's what we have. Here's what we have. I'm not going to take a census, but I guarantee you 80% of people in this church have been divorced. I guarantee you have been divorced. I guarantee you we've had problems like you can't believe. And you say, are we? No, listen, God remakes and redoes and makes you a new creature. And what you didn't know, you now know, live in it. Amen? You didn't know that. There's a lot of things that you haven't known as a Christian. There's a lot of things that you haven't been able to mature in as a Christian. If you go to a nominal church that, that is just nominal, listen to me. You're going to agree, hey, there's no difference between men and women. Boy, I'm glad I lived. I was born in the 40s. Was raised in the 50s. Got mean in the 60s. Then came back to the Lord in the 70s. Ooh, I'm glad of that. Boy, I think these people with little kids have a hard job. And the, you know what the Lord said? He said, quit saying that. He did tell me that one time. Have a hard job. He said, listen, he said, they teach their children like you did. He said, they're going to be okay. And I was, wasn't I telling you one day, I said, you know what? I got this revelation from the Lord. We're Okay. And why we're okay is because we got these kids in Christian schools. We got these kids in different places and we're raising them for the Lord. Man, God's still got a church, man. Triumphant. Somebody say amen to that. I'm coming to an end of this message. I preach the amen out of you. But that's good sometimes. Fathers have been taken out of the family. The wife wants to be the head. And we allow it to be. I think one of the most disgusting things on TV is the view. If you watch that, turn it off. Okay, I, I, I don't even watch that stuff anymore. You know what I watch? I watch Grit TV. I love Grit TV. Because all the Westerns are in the 1950s. You ever notice that? Some are black and white. Some are color. But 1950s. The good guy always wins. And he always gets the girl. Yes! I love that. You know, and they ride off happily ever after. Woohoo! I like that. Okay, I just thought throw that in there. Fathers have been taken out of the family because we see this one as good. Yesterday, I think one of the best breakfasts we've ever had, Jeff had yesterday. And, and Jeff talked about fathers and he used scripture. And then when he sat down, then uh, Jason starts speaking, two young fathers with young children, and they start speaking. And then all of a sudden, man, we've got interaction going. That was wonderful. 
And, and even we older say, you know what? We can be better. We can get better at this. I can be a better grandpa. Don't take me. My, my grandchildren say, yes. You know, I can be a better grandpa, right? I need to be a better grandpa. Because I, I, I took all of my frustration out on Larry. So now I, I can be a good grandpa. I need to be a good grandpa. And I need for my grandchildren to love me. And I made a lot of mistakes there. I tell them, I'm sorry. I, I, like, <laughs> I like what Jeff Allen said. He said, he said uh, he's, a, he's a Christian comedian. He said, uh, I know, he said, my family's dysfunctional. He said, all of them. He said, we're all going to end up in counseling. He said, they're going to blame it all on me. He said, I'm just going to go, oops. <laughs> That's what you got to do. Oops, I'm just going to do that. So, so here we go. We'll, we'll, we're going to bring this to an end. We see discipline in the church as good. And especially as we get over, older. This causes a deep, profound respect for our Lord and Savior. And a deep, profound uh, love for God. How much more, if we are that way, does our Heavenly Father love us? In John chapter 10 and verse 10, listen to what he said. He said, the thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I come to give life, and I come to give life more abundantly. In, in, in Job chapter 5 and verse 17, listen to what he says, fathers. He says, behold, how happy is the man whom God reproves, so, so do not despise the discipline of the Almighty. And there's nothing wrong, listen to me, with saying that you're sorry to your children when you're wrong. Because if you say you're sorry to your children when you're wrong, they'll be able to say that to their children. But now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to caution you. When there's principle, that you stand on principle. If you have done it wrong, apologize, you did it wrong, but stand on principle. And the principle is there's things in this world that are not right. And the world is, you, you say the world can't get any worse. It can get worse. But listen, the church, the church can't get better. You didn't get that. The world can get worse, but the church can't get better. Because listen, the church, the, the spirit-filled true church of the living God can't get better. Listen to what we can do. We can just get closer. And we can just get closer. In that relationship to the Lord. Let the Lord discipline you. You might be going through a discipline right now. And that's because the Lord loves you. In Revelation 3.19. Let's stand. Those whom I love. I reprove and discipline. Be zealous therefore and repent. In Psalms 119.75. I know O Lord. That thy judgments are righteous. And that the faithfulness thou hast afflicted. Or disciplined me. Is of you. And we, we need to look at those things. God loves us. You want to take that and get it out of here before I preach again? And everybody said, yeah, get done, pastor. But listen, right now, I'm going to ask, hey, would you go to the piano really seriously this time? And, and just, you can pray, play whatever God wants you, how great thou art or anything that God. And, and Harold, you and Larry can do something up there. But hey, listen, I, I want to speak to you fathers today. Hey, I'm going to speak to you, Jeff, and... I'm going to speak to Jason and Larry. And I'm going to speak to you younger guys. Don't be afraid to discipline your children. Just do it in the Lord. Don't, don't beat your children. And, and, and be careful with your words. 
Because children take that to heart. You tell, their, you tell your, your child they're dumb. And they'll, they'll start to act that way. They will. You start, I, I hate it when, when somebody says, you're stupid. Don't tell your child that they're stupid. Don't do that. Yeah, you know, I, I think if, if, you want, if you want rage, slap somebody in the face. That'll bring rage out somebody really, really fast. Don't slap your children. Discipline them. They got a rear end for that. Don't spoil that rod. Well, Solomon said, you spoil the rod, you kill the kid. You spoil the child. Don't do that. Listen to me, don't listen to the world. I, I loved it when, when I was talking to Jeff and Amanda's oldest son. And, and I said, what do you love more in this? What, what do you love more than anything in this world? He said, my mama. I said, whoo, my mama. Hey, listen, take care of your children, but discipline them in the Lord. When they're Andre, can I say this? Don't child-proof your house. Don't do that. They pick up something, tell them to put it down. Tell them to put it down. I, I discipline my children because I love my children. And here's what I'm not afraid to say. Hey, Larry, I love you. And when he leaves, he's not afraid to grab me, hug me. Oh, Dad, I love you. Oh, people, there's nothing better than that. Learn to be good fathers. Then listen, if you're not a good father, start today. Repent and give it over to the Lord. 